I'm Dino Busalaki, the Chief Technology Officer and OT Guy at Belta Technology. Hi, I'm Jim, the COO and IT Guy. And I'm Craig Duckworth, President and CEO. You're listening to the Industrial Cybersecurity Insider Show. In each episode, we bring you the inside scoop on the world of industrial cybersecurity. We talk about everything you don't know. That you should know. So plug in and power up. The show's about to get started. Hello, welcome to this edition of Cybersecurity Insiders. My name is Dino Busalaki. I'm the Chief Technology Officer and a co-founder for Velta. And today I have a friend of mine and a colleague that I've known for almost 15 years who comes to us from Dell. Welcome, Jim. <laughs> Thank you, Dino. I appreciate you having me. It's great to be back here with you guys. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to for these past couple yeah. of years? As you said, I'm Jim Flairjohn with Dell Technologies. I'm part of the Dell manufacturing team under what Dell calls global industry. One of the challenges that Dell has is they have a perception problem, right? It's IT and IT widgets. And so what Dell has been doing over the past two and a half years or so is building out vertical expertise on various teams. Like they had a retail team, they had a healthcare team, they had a pharmaceutical team. They built out a manufacturing team about a year and a half ago and that's really what my whole career has been, you know, has been on the OT side. Let's talk about that a little bit, your background. You yeah. can speak to this industry with not just the Dell background, but automation technology vendors, the whole nine yards. Yeah, so we spent about uh, 13 years with Siemens Energy and Automation, then moved over to the Rockwell Automation side for about 10 years. Uh, the last five of those is the global account manager for the Anheuser-Busch InBev business, mm-hmm. really helping them. Is on, you know, that's where you and I met. Was, right. It was really helping them lay out what are the breweries of the future look like and how they need to be thinking about things around smart manufacturing and things like that. I was very fortunate to move over to Cisco because Cisco was trying to build out a smart manufacturing team as well. A lot of these IT companies are understanding that they need to have subject matter experts like you and I that can come in and really help clients not just talk the talk, but really be able to to leverage practical knowledge to help them solve business challenges. And I'm guessing Dell probably runs into a lot of your past businesses that you were at, right? Rockwell, Siemens being big automation technology uh, vendors and suppliers out there. So from a cybersecurity perspective, which is Velta's interest in, and Jim's been a part of that, what have you seen going on in that industry as far as the growth and or concern around cybersecurity, around control systems? It's really interesting you bring that up because if you think about the tools that exist today around industrial cyber, you and I've had long conversations about this. They didn't exist until, what, 2016, 2017. A lot of times what was happening in the past is IT people would drive an IT or an enterprise-wide cyber strategy without having the proper tools. It's been really interesting to watch all these different companies come out with these purpose-built OT platforms that do something very unique that IT tools just, they're, they're not designed for. Even organizationally, right? Now we've got this conundrum between IT and OT, operational technology, for those of you that are unfamiliar with that term, that are colliding. We call it IT-OT collision sometimes just because of the polarizing relationship between these two groups. And at some extent, it has to get better, right? They have to somehow become aligned. They have to be transparent. They have to be collaborative. And and sometimes we get that, sometimes we don't. And, And so what do you guys, what is... Dell seeing today. I know what you've seen in your other background right. from, from your experiences. We talk about both of those. When you talk about something like industrial cyber, or let's just call it cybersecurity in general, 
it's not a silver bullet. One of the first questions I always ask clients is, tell me your company culture. Is your IT and your OT talking? Are they not talking? Tell me where you're at in that journey, because that's going to help shape what kind of thought leadership we're going to try to drive to the client. That culture is key, right? Because you can have a corporate enterprise culture that can be very different at the local level that run their own kingdom and determine their partnering relationships, determine mm-hmm. their machine types that they're going to put in there, what integrators are going to work with. And their culture can be very different than the corporate side. And I think Sometimes corporate, I think globally, act locally, as we like to say. How do you get to that local aspect of bringing them along has been a real challenge. And I don't, how do you see that coalescing at that level down there, that plant you know, manager? Every client I work with on the manufacturing side, it's very different. It's very different. And in a lot of the conversations I'm having, it's really, guys, first of all, tell me where you're at, what kind of relationships you do have, because... It all comes down to one of the biggest challenges that we've talked about numerous times is who owns these assets? It's no longer a conversation of, hey, this is the OT environment and this is the IT environment. There's compute, there's IT compute on an OT plant floor. Who owns that asset? So a lot of the conversations we end up having right now with clients is, guys, we need to understand a lot more around that culture piece. And if you don't have a culture, then maybe we need to help you connect those dots. Because that's another aspect that I find in this role, being in, coming from an IT company with an OT background, I end up helping connect the dots sometimes for our clients because they don't even know who's the people they should be talking to. And I think that's a challenge for IT, right? It's that accountability, right? Who owns the asset? Accountability. And in the IT world, their role is to help you manage your business, right? And they have that responsibility of owning those IT assets. So when it comes to the plant floor, there's the local groups that actually own that. But then there's a third wheel in this that can be a real pain in the butt, and that's the OEM or the SI who they really rely on for warranty and support and getting them to do a better job of implementing cyber hygiene and machine centers that they're selling. And this is where I see companies like Dell and Cisco and some of the others mm-hmm. are starting to build those relationships because you have the tools now, the technology that can actually live in that hostile industrial environment. And so can you touch a little bit about... That's a great point. So again, back to that Dell IT perception problem. Dell has a lot of professional services on the IT side around cybersecurity, they have MDR functionality or services. They have what's called data protection, where they do something called cyber vaulting, where they actually separate and copy the data so that you could do disaster recovery. In the past, they've not had a good strategy around OT. As they were building out these subject matter expert teams like my team, one of the things I think that they did really is they created what's called Dell validated designs for manufacturing. So now not only is it around hardware platforms, it's around hardware and software platforms. So in industrial cybersecurity, for example, what Dell has done is they have a strategic partnership with Clarity. They have a strategic partnership with Nozomi. And they actually have validated designs around that software platform sitting on Dell's hardware infrastructure. And what that does is it allows the client now to start from scratch. Right, Because that's the biggest problem is, first of all, how do I start? Do I start from scratch with these validated designs around industrial cyber that Dell has now? It helps get that acceleration to time to value, de-risk, 
they get a 200-page design guide so that someone, if they chose Clarity, for example, on Dell hardware, it's very easy for them to go ahead, oh, perfect. That's how I can get started to get a platform in. Yeah. Yeah. The valid, I, I've always been a fan of the validated design as IT would be right. mainly because of standardization and support, right? right? Validated design means support. A lot of our, our peers on the OT side will forego their maintenance and support after a period of time, right? Because the OT assets are out there for right. decades. And so if a few years, everything seems to be going fine. They tend to let that stuff slide off the table, but they would never do that with safety, which is something that Again, validated design, but also coming in and saying, hey, you need to have a really good physical safety measure around this robot so somebody doesn't get hurt. How do you get these two worlds to own up to that? I'm in the camp that I think OT needs to start taking a a bigger role in ownership of not only just cybersecurity, because there's a lot of process integrity events that you can get out of this to help improve operational efficiency, operational safety, and things of that nature. As you see these validated designs, you think there's a way that we could leverage that in the OT space so they don't let things slide off the table after several years and give up on support maintenance. And that's where I'm in complete agreement with you that to me, it shouldn't be an industrial cyber conversation. It should be a digital safety conversation. It changes everything. Safety is everyone's responsibility. It's on everyone's end. That's that's the term you coined, that whole digital safety. And I think that's a great... The other reason I find digital safety to be so important is it's not just around cyber, around connected assets. You, You hit on something that I think we forget a lot about, and that is data integrity. How do I make sure that data is not changing in flight, right? If we start talking about Dell's strategy right now around... AI and Gen AI and all those things, it's all around the data. Who's verifying the data? You can leverage these types of tools, not just around industrial asset visibility and who's talking to who and what's being said, but you can actually make sure that data is not changing in flight as part of your data verification strategy to feed into things like analytic tools and Gen AI and everything else. Well, yeah, even on the OT cybersecurity front, one of the things we've witnessed that a lot of the plant teams like is something as simple as an online edit on a PLC that somebody can do can be completely warranted, but there's no tracking mechanism for that, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. And so these OT cybersecurity tools, again, process integrity when it comes to a PLC change, mm-hmm. that is something that interests the OT guys, not so much an IT person, Right. right to them, it's what's a PLC change anyway, right? But now that you can bring that to the table is something that I think that OT people want to have. At least that's what they tell us, right? When you tell sure. them, hey, you can, you can track a PLC changes. Yeah, we can track your PLC changes with these tool sets, which is good for them because it doesn't matter what control system you have. And when you get to the validated designs, and now you get these tools out there, the sensor-ready panels that, that we talked about, using the Dell technology that when you're building a new packaging line, right? You're putting tools in there. Maybe you can describe how Dell got into that game, which I think is really key in being able to get that visibility deeper and broader into that digital transformation, right? Digital transformation is about the data, right? And there's a lot of data down in that panel circulating around down there that people aren't really sure what it's all doing. I want to circle back a little bit to what you said, again, around the data. If you think about it, an IT person may not care if someone makes a change to something on the IT network. If you can show how you prevented downtime, quality issues that cost big dollars on the OT side by leveraging a tool like this, these are the things that even in my opinion, the industrial cyber platform salespeople don't even talk about. 
because they're fo- so focused on the industrial cyber side. But again, it's how do we make sure that we've had conversations where, hey, clients have, have had a patch pushed down from IT down to OT, and all of a sudden it wipes some things in the PLC. And the OT guys just go, oh, I've just trapped it up to a ghost in the machine, and they're down for 30 hours. Having a platform in place like this that gives that visibility is critical because now instead of a 30-hour downtime, maybe it's a five-minute downtime, and it could be millions of dollars for some of these OT people. So again, back Digital safety, to me, it's so critical around that aspect. From an executive perspective, it's like, how do you get them to recognize that? And I'm talking about the three legs of the executives, the C-suite, and you got CIO, CEO, and then you got the plant operations, engineering teams, and you got the overall leadership recognizing that's important, right? I, I think in a lot of cases, to your, your uh, example of somebody shutting down my plant floor from an outside denial of service attack, right? Scanning the network at the wrong time. We see that every day. Every single manufacturer that we go into, we find find that type of behavior in an environment that shouldn't be there. And the reason why they've been able to get away with it is because nobody catches, nobody sees the fact, why did my filler quit working? I don't know. By the time we cleaned up the mess and reset everything and got QA to give us the thumbs up to go back into production, we've lost three hours. Nobody's really looking in the rearview mirror. They just want to keep making goods. Or take even that pipeline incident that happened a number of years ago. I always get in conversations with clients around that. And they're like, stop talking about that. That was an IT incident. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. But after he his draw dropped and he picked his self back up and said, holy crap, he picked up the phone and he called the OT teams and said, can you with a high degree of confidence tell me that we can continue to run our OT side safely? Moving flammable liquids. That's right. 5,500 miles of pipe. And if you can't tell me with a high degree of confidence, I don't care if it impacted your environment or not, shut it down. Indirectly shut it down that cost that company millions of dollars. Again, that wasn't an industrial cyber conversation. It was a digital safety enterprise-wide conversation. And if they would have had a a real accident with that, right, where people would have got hurt and environmental spills, their brand and their name, it was already bad enough. But do you kill people or you destroy the environment? Now you're shutting down for all these manufacturers. You and I both know this, that their one thing that they cannot have happen to them is brand recognition. That is everything to them. So to your point, if someone gets hurt, if they can't track quality as something moves around and they have to pull everything off the shelf, and let's say like an ice cream vendor. Which we've seen happen. Which we've seen happen. Right. And all of a sudden, you and I as consumers are like, I don't trust that brand anymore. And they may never get that brand loyalty back. Again, I think that this digital safety piece is often overlooked on how important that could be because it is multiple things. It's not just a matter of... In fact, it's funny because I I hear a lot of people talk about, I want to do pen testing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay, you can do it. But to me, it shouldn't be a matter of if someone can get in, it's when. Mm -hmm. And ultimately... I wouldn't spend my money on a pen test. I would spend my money on how do I put a tool in that's continuously monitoring my environment so that if someone or when someone gets in, I know how they're moving around. It's not a matter of protecting how they get in. They will if they want. Yeah. And I would say, and everybody is vulnerable, right? And now you have the SEC. If you're a publicly traded company, you get breached. You have to let your investors know that. Right. right. So now you have to start coming out clean on this and can't hide it. We got clients that can't get cybersecurity insurance, right? And who have written checks. And you come back and when you're talking to companies that are fairly substantial in size, these are great organizations, big organizations, 
that still don't even know what OT is. That's right. When you, you know, going in and talking about operational technology and OT, they're like, okay, you need to help me understand that. And I hear that from plant floor people, engineering teams, who are those OT people who will sit there and tell me, I don't know what that term means, right? right? Nobody has any issues with IT. Everybody's very comfortable with what IT is and what it means, but the definition of OT is still elusive. We've always talked about this of asking that simple question, why aren't you doing the same due diligence on the OT side that you're doing on the IT side? They have continuous monitoring platforms on the IT side, antivirus, all these other things. But no one thinks twice around the OT side. And I know some listeners may go, well, that's not as big a deal. I was talking to a client uh, just a couple of days ago, and they're like, well, the number of IT assets and the number of OT assets are probably about equal. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually a great conversation. But no, we have a stat or we've heard a stat that for every IT device, there's 20 or 25 to 1 OT. When we talk to a CISO or somebody like that who now is responsible for their cyber enterprise-wide, and they hear that, they go, oh, my God, I had no idea. I don't even know what my threat surface is. And back to your comment around cyber insurance. If I'm a cyber insurance person, if you can't tell me you have a continuous monitoring platform that you can tell me your threat surface at your OT environment, I'm not going to, or you're going to pay 10 times penalties or whatever. You and I are working on an opportunity right now for a client that's got 56 sites. And their biggest thing is they want to understand what is my risk. And so if you're critical infrastructure, the government is basically regulating, you need to have an accurate asset inventory. Not necessarily that it's being continuously monitored, which you should. If you're going to go through the, the trouble of going and doing the inventory, you should use tools that are doing that in a continuous fashion for you, in my opinion. And then at the same time, the IT organization, to getting back to the numbers, is 25 to 1 ratio. And even sometimes we get in engagements, we start looking at the, the, the entire envelope. Right. that facility, and you start talking about uh, building automation building management systems, for example, sure. HVAC. And they're like, well, that's out of scope. And it's, we're going to find it on the network. Why are you taking it out of scope? They don't always have a good answer for that. But to me, it's, it's cool because you don't own that stuff. Right. Back to that accountability and asset ownership. That belongs to facilities. That doesn't belong to the plant. That belongs right. to those guys over there. But it's connected to the same network. And what does their hygiene look like on their side? And I think how many manufacturing clients have said, hey, I need someone to help me build out a network segmentation strategy. And I'm like, you don't even realize that's like step three or step four. How are you going to build out a network segmentation strategy if you don't have an idea of what assets are sitting out there? We've had some conversations where you're talking to an OT guy and they're like, hey, the IT guy, he put a firewall in and we're segmented. I'm like, oh my God, that's actually creates more of a false sense of safety because you actually think that's true. And what I mean is, 10 years ago, that was true. But as companies are doing more and more with data and, and manufacturing execution systems smart machine. and smart machines, all of a sudden that firewall is Swiss cheese because you need data to be moving back and forth between the environment. And now, yeah, you can take AI and Gen AI and it's, oh my God, all this data. And that's where the east-west traffic becomes really important, right? Because yeah, a lot of the IT folks that we work with who are at least starting the process, knowing they need to do something and they want to put in one of these OT tools and they're perfectly happy with the north-south traffic because I can put something in there. I can pick up some percentage of the OT assets. Maybe I get half of them, maybe I get a third. 
What about the other 50% or 70% on that east-west side, right? Why ignoring that? I don't understand why some of them want to ignore that. And I go back to it's because they don't own those machines that are out there. How am I going to get in there? What if I have to actually go into the plant and go and look inside that panel to determine how I can put a sensor or collection server out there to get all that information that's going on inside that panel that is the east-west traffic. Stuff that's never supposed to leave the plant, but we always invariably find that it does. Right. So does that make it north-south at that point? Because yeah. now it shouldn't be leaving the plant. It shouldn't be on the north-south route. Right. I would say, too, that's probably one of the other big challenges that manufacturers are facing right now is they think, okay, I can buy a tool. I can put the tool in and walk away. And that's so far from the truth. Back to that company culture thing. Are they putting it too high in the network? Your east-west traffic conversation is really important. It's really about leveraging a partner that understands how to operationalize the data that comes from those platforms, but not just put it in, but how do you put it in the right way? How many clients have we worked with where they say, I'm going to put it in, they put it at the core switch and say, I put the firewall in, I put the tool in, it's on the core switch, I'm good. No, they're seeing... 20%, if that, of the traffic. So part of it is not just putting it in, but having a practitioner that can come in and actually put it in the way it should be put in. Yeah, because IT would always want, that's something they're really good at, right? Not only patching to keep things current, but keeping this pretty accurate inventory of the assets that they're responsible, whether it's software bombs, physical compute platforms, or networking stuff. They have their hands around that. It's not, again, are you exercising the same amount of due diligence, as you mentioned earlier, to secure and protect and understand your IT space? Why don't you apply that on your OT space, right? What they think is in the past, what they would do is they would hire some system integrator to come in and do a network assessment. And that has its own set of challenges, Mm -hmm. right? Why? That's a static shot in time. Why would someone want to do something like that? You need to have something because, again, as machines and OEMs and data flows around an environment, data might be popping on and off the network that a network assessment is never going to see. And it's actually false the minute they walk off from doing the network assessment. That's why the continuous monitoring platforms to me are just so important. What we've been doing with Dell is by partnering with the clarities and the zones of the world and putting it on a very scalable, repeatable infrastructure on the industrial side, because that's another piece that we're also seeing on the Dell side, is it's not a, a one and done at one plant. The conversations we're having is, like I mentioned, an opportunity where we have 56 plants. It's around standardization. How do I leverage the Dell validated design? But then how do I do it in such a way that I can lift and shift that so that it's exactly the same across all the manufacturing environments? If you had to guess, especially with Dell and the role in which they play in, in, in the technology realm, from an outsourcing perspective, infrastructure support, a lot of companies, they outsource a lot of their network data center, cloud, support to third parties. I don't really see a lot of that on the plant floor, per se, outside your OEMs and your SIs are there for that very specific machine center because they built it and they did the programming around the SCADA system that you have. Do you think that model is sustainable for the the plant floor? Meaning, since we're we're short on resources and expertise on the OT side, that organizations need to start thinking about, I need to go find organizations who do this as a third party until I decide whether I want to build my own practice and follow the model that I'm following in IT, especially if you're doing it in IT. Should you mimic that over here or should you treat that differently? 
I, I see more and more companies, especially on the industrial cyber side, that are looking for those subject matter experts because, like you said, they they don't have the resources. Everyone's trying to do more with less. hard to find. Exactly, it's a different skill set. You can't, you can't even take an IT cyber guy. I, I would challenge that it's harder to take an IT cyber guy and make him an industrial cyber person than it is to do the other way around. Yeah. Just because of the amount of connectivity and the protocols and the data and, and all the different things. So I actually see more clients who are like, you take somebody like an Anheuser-Busch who I used to do a lot of work with, they're in the business of making beer. They're not in the business of how do I optimize my manufacturing? It's a necessary evil. So I think a lot of these manufacturers are trying to find strategic partners that can ultimately come in and help them be the best they can be at that particular activity. In this case, industrial side. I think IT people, I was at a plant just a couple of weeks ago and they had a piece of equipment out on the plant floor that was built in 1943. Now it had a control logics PLC in it. So it has some recontrol in it. But when you stand back and look at it, it's a 80 plus year old piece of equipment. That's right. Mechanically, it's still old. <laughs> but and as an IT person who would look at that, would go, eh, no interest. That's very key to your business. If that thing's not working, this plant slows or stops, right? right? And it is connected. It's got a PLC and an HMI, and it's got a network switch sitting out there, and it's got drives in it sitting on the network. Right. Again, recontrol had been applied to it. The frame, the machine, what it does is 80 years old. And I think that's part of the problem. I think when IT people look at their, some of their plant floors, it's, man, that's so similar to my grandfather. But again, you know, like we talked on the strategy around data, people are still trying to figure out, what do I do with all this data? Right? right? Well, you know, one of the things I'm working with a client right now where they're taking their industrial cyber tool or platform, and they're feeding it into a, generate, a Gen AI model that they're trying to create, which, which allows them to run financial, like a chatbot. Hey, what are the financial impacts if machine X, Y, and Z go down? Right now, they don't have a lot of those types of models. And, and here we're using industrial cyber systems for protection, but also as a data source for other business decisions that clients are trying to figure out, again, back to that operationalizing the data from these platforms. Yeah. But to wrap this up, so any final thoughts from, again, you, you're a friend, you're a colleague, you've been doing this for 35 years, you've been working in this space, right? Yeah. And so you're as good as they come in my book. I Tell our audience. It's the biggest thing when I hear digital transformation or smart manufacturing is the boil the ocean conversation. Mm -hmm. Industrial cyber or what I call cyber is another boil the ocean conversation. I, I think the biggest piece of advice that I have when we talk about industrial cyber, one is you just got to get started. You got to put a tool in that's going to give you that visibility. It's going to help shape your strategy. And the other thing is you have to find the right partner. There's a lot of people that'll say they can do this or they can do that. You need to make sure that you're finding somebody that can ultimately come in help you build your bigger vision that you can then execute on. But right now, I see a lot of clients and it's just paralysis by analysis. They don't know how to start, so they don't. And with industrial cyber or what I like to call digital safety, you have to start. I'd say that's the biggest thing. And, and working with the Dell, working with the Velta, working with the right partners, we can help you start on that journey and accelerate that so that, again, we're both here to be thought leaders to our clients, right? Yeah. So 
you got to get better, right? Yeah. Every year you got to get this year's got to be better than last year. Next year's got to be better than this year. Right. Jim, thanks. Thanks yeah. for coming. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Time for a beer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Industrial Cybersecurity Insider Podcast. To stay up to date with our latest episodes, be sure to click the follow or subscribe button now. And if you found this podcast helpful or have a topic you'd like us to cover, please leave us a review or let us know. If you're interested in learning more about Velta technology and how you can get safer sooner, visit veltatech.com. That's V-E-L-T-A tech.com. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.